0: Hey, hello everybody and welcome back to shooting the shiz At. we are literally i guess uh, a week away from the biggest the most spectacular pro wrestling extravaganza in all of europe most likely this summer we're just going to throw it out there but uh we have an amazing interview via via Skype internet calling today and we have to do this whole thing over this internet calling as well because I am sick at home and I definitely don't want to get the rebel, uh, I don't want to give them this, uh, this whatever the heck it is that I got. But uh, how are you doing over there anyway?
1: I'm, I'm feeling healthy, so please don't, uh, don't don't bring anything down on me. But yeah, yeah maybe it's better that we do this by Skype today. But hey, yeah, we're going to have Ivelisse Velez uh, from Puerto Rico, one of the big stars from Lucha Underground. She's been in WWE, uh, uh, NXT, and uh, she's been all around the world too, different countries wrestling. She's one of the top female stars in the professional wrestling industry today. We're going to be so privileged and honored to have Ivelisse on the show here in just a few moments. But first, we got some news happening in the wrestling world. And because yeah. we're talking about women's wrestling and because Evelise is going to be on the show today. By the way, did you know, Dylan, that Scarlett Bordeaux from TNA uh-huh. Impact, she got released from her contract.
0: Did she really? Yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. She, she's finished with Impact Wrestling. They so, were pushing
0: her really hard, like, yeah. uh, recently, yeah. too,
1: yeah they were they were but the thing is that you know she was i i, I kind of found that like once she got turned babyface, mm. she lost some of that uh how could you say that edginess that made her like bring sexy back to wrestling yeah, and uh, yeah they kind of watered that down in a way and it's uh well i think she was better as a heel anyway so this is from newsweek by the way Right. Scarlett Bordeaux has, fish, has, be, has been formally released from her contract with Impact Wrestling. The promotion took to Twitter to announce the decision stating Impact Wrestling confirms that it has released Scarlett Bordeaux from her commitments to Impact. We wish her every success in her future endeavors.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway. Did you start. hear that she, she also got uh, groped by a fan? I think it was in AAA in uh, in Mexico. Uh, yeah. And there was, I guess it was a bit of a controversial thing about that, uh, you know, fans shouldn't touch any wrestler, I guess, uh, you know, unless it's, you know, patting them on the back or whatever, but this, this kind of, um, well, I mean, you, you say it, uh, you tell me how it is, you know, you don't want to have some, some dude grabbing your, your, you know, what, or, or, you know, this kind of stuff. It, it's just like, of course, the, the the fans have a role to play, you know, and they should be really they should have an interaction there. But the, uh-huh. there is a there's definitely a line, I guess that that for you know that people have to understand not to cross.
1: Well, I think maybe the guy was a bit inebriated. Maybe he yeah. had drunk, you know drank a yeah. bit too much or whatever. Anyway, but the thing is that yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what: if some guy reached and uh, groped my my family jewels, I can guarantee you. They'd be lying on the ground with their lights knocked out within a yeah. fraction of a second. I don't, I, how I, don't sl- feel, I don't float down that
0: stream, by the way. Yeah, yeah.
1: But well, I'm I, sure that
0: you'd make yeah. him feel how real wrestling is at that point, anyway. Well,
1: I'll tell you what, he's going to feel something, and it's not going to be anything that's uh, considerably uh, or considered to be nice. So it's it's going to yeah. be cold, hard, and uh, bony. <laughs>
0: weird but good Uh, yeah
1: that's right that's right it's uh (laughs) in finland we call it a luvitonen so that means uh a bone fiber oh yeah well it basically translates to five knuckles so anyway uh so yeah anyway scarlet bordeaux gone from impact bang bye bye and uh now we are also uh we got some news happening as far as the aew train keeps on a rolling It seems Uh to me that uh, you had actually told me, and I actually saw this somewhere online, was it yesterday or today, that Stone Cold had Tony Khan, the president of AEW, the guy that owns the whole damn company, on his podcast, and you were the one that told me that uh, Stone Cold, his podcast was in limbo for a while.
0: Yeah, it seemed to, I guess he just stopped doing it. I'm not sure the politics behind it, if there was any or not, but maybe he just... You Know, got there, there. Somebody had mentioned that he had a um, that what would you call it legendary uh, talk with Dean Ambrose that was just kind of a dud and was like really uh, I don't know what was going on there. And since then, I guess you haven't really heard from the guy much since. And um,
1: uh-huh.
0: but he, here he is back with Tony Khan and he was praising giving all the praises to AEW. So you know, there that's Definitely, when you you have guys like, you know, Brett the Hitman Hart holding up your, you know, brand new title belt, you have guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, these these types of legends that are very well respected in the industry that are legends from the WWE. Mm-hmm. Of course, you don't have AEW legends yet. You know, you can't. So these are pro wrestling legends. And when they're giving you that, stamp of approval, the Jim Rosses and, and all that, you know, it's like, uh, it's, I guess, uh, you know, there was also a, an interview with Batista, uh, recently, and he was saying that, um, AEW is not an actual legitimate competition for WWE. Uh, and it, he thinks that the whole thing is just getting blown up out of proportion, but he really doesn't believe that they have much of a chance, at least in the first five years of of their go and maybe that's kind of realistic but uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i don't know you know it's a it's an interesting thing when you have these uh thumbs up from stone cold and bret hart and and that so
1: well the thing is that it's 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 an option and it's also an alternative an alternative excuse me for the uh current product which a lot of people seem to get be getting really stale on like i mean they're they're, hmm. they're kind of like They've given up on WWE for some reason. And I think it's because this PG whole thing has gone like so overboard where it's become so vanilla that you can't get any more bland. And yeah. uh, I think I heard something or I read something a while ago that Vince wants to actually bring back the Attitude Era. And I'm not sure if that's true or not. I'm not sure if it's even possible because of his different um affiliations with like Mattel toys and things like that. And that's why they're PG, by the way, because of yeah. their, their toy deal and whatnot. But uh yeah, so if if it's not working out and Vince is losing his cool and things just aren't panning out and not working, I can understand why they'd want to try something different. And I can understand it because Vince, I mean, for him, that attitude error was so successful. That's what turned his entire ship around. He was on the verge of bankruptcy almost. Yeah, that's that, right. That's, that's when Bret Hart was let go. And that's like they had to do something. They had to change lanes because WCW was taking up their talent and uh they had to create new talent, younger talent. They were forced to do it. And uh, I think that's where Vince maybe has a sweet tooth for the good old days.
0: Yeah, it's possible. I mean, uh, it's interesting. It'll it will be interesting when it's that SmackDown moves to Fox on Fridays and you know, I think that it's impossible for them to bring back like full fledged Attitude Era. Yeah. Uh, in terms of you know like the lingerie matches, they they have distanced the. It was actually a funny thing that I, I was hearing from somebody I can't remember who, but talking about uh, the women's revolution happening and and WWE is is um, you know responsible for for it, uh, it at least from their words but they were the kind of also the ones responsible for this, like kind of the opposite or what they have been saving or what, what would you say that they have been turning it around? That Oh, well, women aren't just sex objects that should be in lo- bra and panties matches. They should be blah, blah, blah. But wasn't it, you know, WWE who made famous these, uh, you know, when Sable and Sonny and, uh, you know, bunch of, uh, well, uh, what, uh, Tori Wilson and
1: Tori Wilson. There's a name, but my yeah. favorite WWE girl of all time.
0: Yeah. Well, no arguing there. And, uh, and then of course, uh, from Toronto, uh, the, we have the Trish, Trish Stratus. So, you know, we had all, all these women and uh, the, possibly a lot of them are okay. Wrestlers or whatnot, but at that time, I mean, they were there, for a specific reason and um for wwe to kind of be the flag bearers of this women's revolution is a little bit ironic or maybe hypocritical or whatever but nonetheless i mean they as you're saying the um, they are actually having some problems these days with uh, their ticket sales and coming up just this weekend is this uh i guess the first ever of these stomping grounds, pay-per-views and it's
1: uh, way too many pay-per-views in a very yeah.
0: short period of time. Tell me
1: about it. Like, like I mean, they, they were just in Saudi Arabia. They just had that, the pay-per-view before that. What was, was that money in the bank? And now they got the stomping grounds like this, this pay-per-view we could do without, there's nothing on the pay-per-view that I specifically want to see.
0: Uh, it's all, it's all rematches basically from Saudi Arabia and, and it's, but I don't know. It, it's a uh, well. The thing is, like I, I was just like, what? I didn't even think that there was going to be a pay per view. But I guess you know they did this really uh, unbelievably lackluster build up. Of course, you know how much time do they got to build up to this? Like basically nothing. So they no, no, nothing. did a very lackluster deal. Uh, supposedly this is not. This isn't a. Isn't is the, the Tacoma Dome? and it holds up to 23,000 people and supposedly it is just almost barren, you know, in terms of ticket sales whereas they are actually doing 2 for 1. So if you want to go see a, a WWE event just for the hell of it and you're going to be around this Tacoma Dome, you can buy two tickets for the price of one starting at $20, which apparently is unheard of and ridiculously cheap for a wwe pay-per-view for that matter so Uh, but it seems like they still have to block off uh, entire sections and most likely change people's seats to sit in front of the hard cam but uh, you know i guess it is what it is and this is the first time they've uh, run this stomping grounds uh pay-per-view so you know, maybe people just are not familiar with it and think it's a house show or something. I don't know. That's it.
1: Well, we, we don't have that many, like, really like, considerable matches on this show. We got Becky Lynch against, against uh, well, one of my favorites. I mean, it's huh? if, you, if you really think, of all the girls that came up from NXT, Lacey Evans has got to be, like, one of the brightest ones, at least in presentation. And, and, I mean, I like Lacey. I, I think that she isn't quite ready yet, though. But uh, give her some time. I mean, I don't think that she's going to be taking this title from from Becky. But, anyway, the thing is that uh, it, it's a rematch. Their first match wasn't all that good on pay-per-view either at Money in the Bank. And, uh, well, well, hopefully they'll do better this time.
0: Yeah. Then we true. got... I
1: mean- Yes, yeah. and then we got Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage match against Kofi Kingston. And this is a rematch from Saudi Arabia, too. And mm-hmm. uh, we've seen this match over the years since like 2010, 2000, even 2009, I think, 2011. We've seen this so many times. It's like, is there anything to really bite into here?
0: Yeah, well, I guess they throw a steel cage in there and makes it special for some reason.
1: I don't know. It's just I, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Mm. Roman, Roman Reigns uh, against Drew McIntyre. So, this is going to be a rematch from WrestleMania. Uh, I hope they do better than they did at Mania because then now they've got more of a story. Now they should have more heat.
0: Mm. Totally.
1: Then, on top of that, we got Tony Nese defending his 205 live title and against, uh, what's his name? Akira Tozawa? Oh, yeah. And, uh, drew Gulak now I like drew Gulak I mean this guy's a throwback. this guy's mm. a ground a ground game master you could say like he's he really knows how to wrestle on the mat and uh I think he's he's pretty damn good. I just saw him in nXt against um what's his name now that just Kikushida I saw oh him. yes, yeah, and they did good you know it was a good match so i i yeah, think yeah. I like this drew Gulak guy I don't think that WWE really has all that many plans for him as far as in the immediate future right now. It doesn't seem like, you know, he's getting featured, but still, it's not like a breakout
0: feature. I hear you. Yeah.
1: Anyway, it's going to be Baron Corbin against Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship, Universal Championship. Um and the the deal here is that Corbin gets to choose the special guest referee. How much you want to bet it's going to be Brock Lesnar or then it's going to be
0: Paul Heyman. Yeah, well. Yeah, I it's funny that I'm just not interested. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You know. Yeah, it's it's just, the hilarious parts like who cares, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, and I love Seth Rollins. I, I maybe the, I like him more now than I, I used to. I thought he was, he started to get pretty lazy in my opinion, but that was also, I thought Dean Ambrose there was was one of the laziest uh, guys out there in WWE, and I, I wanted him to be so much better. And now, I guess with the John Moxley thing, it's a, it's an obvious reason for him to be lazy there. But um, you know, the only match on this card actually that has me in any way intrigued is uh, Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, although we've seen, it's like Joe versus a small guy constantly. You know, mm-hmm. like with. Um, with uh, Ray Mysterio, but um, I- I'm sure that that'll be a really good match. You know, uh, both the guys know how to go. Um, I think Ricochet, they've changed his finisher. Did you tell me this anyway, that uh, to this um, code breaker now, um, supposedly, you know, there's word about that. He, they're not so sure he can pull off that six thirty without hurting somebody every once in a while. So, um, but uh, he apparently even called up Chris Jericho and and asked, "Is it okay if he uses this code breaker?" So mm. uh, res- respect there, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean that I'm sure is going to be a good match because I, I think Samoa Joe's like he's the real deal, you know. But uh, and then there's all other guys on this card as well, like uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and you know versus the New Day. I'm sure that's going to be a good match too. But I don't know we saw, we actually saw that here already in in Helsinki when when WWE was here. They they kind of like accidentally I guess it wasn't with Big E but anyway, they accidentally went into a a tag team match versus The New Day but um but yeah, I mean not the most interesting pay-per-view ever and I'm not so surprised that it's not selling. So,
1: yeah, one more match that I'm aware of at least is going to be Daniel Bryan and Rowan as the SmackDown tag champs against Heavy Machinery. So at least this right. is a match that's new, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure that it's got star power behind it because I don't think Heavy Machinery yet have been established on the main roster.
0: No, that's that's true. I guess maybe they're trying to give them a, a little bit of a push here and give <laughs> them a good good showing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, other I guess when we... Like in, in terms of other news, uh, in terms of other pay-per-views that are actually selling, that AEW's uh, all out sold out in uh, fifteen minutes, and the very interesting thing around that—I mean, I think that All In sold out in twenty-two minutes, and that Double or Nothing sold out in something like two minutes—I don't know, but or, or thirty minutes—I can't remember—but yeah. very, very fast. Mm-hmm. Now we got 15 minutes sellout, but the the really interesting thing here is that there was people in the queue, who, uh, so that they were ready to buy tickets up to the number of 132,000. I believe maybe 132,600 might be the actual number, but this is like way more than WrestleMania. So imagine that there was actually a. 100,000, 70,000, 80,000, one of these like, you know, football stadiums in the States, I think they're like 90,000, whatever, you yeah. know, this is bigger than, than the Tokyo Dome in terms of like, that's a 60,000 seater, I believe. And it's an unbelievably full capacity, but, uh, like a total full fledged sellout. So you have like over twice the amount of people trying to get tickets for, um, you know, for uh, a Wrestle Kingdom right here with over over 120,000 people lined up to try to get those tickets. And there was only like just under 12,000 uh, tickets available. So it's, it's got to show you that The AEW is in demand, you know, whether Jim Cornette likes uh, everything that they do or if we like everything that they do. I mean, there are people and maybe all these people don't like everything that they do, but at least they are like uh, attempting to like support it because they want want it to succeed so badly, at least anyway. Yeah, I think so. There is a demand right now for
1: an alternative to WWE, and this is the most relevant or the biggest potential I guess alternative uh, at least on. US soil at the moment so I think that that's why people are getting behind it yeah, but anyway right. so ladies and gentlemen uh, we'll be back with you in just a second we'll just get a word from our sponsors and we will be back with Elise Velez after this timeout. On June 29th in Rama, Finland, it's the biggest international pro wrestling super show in the Nordics of Europe. Wrestlers from 10 different countries in 8 big matches featuring Matt Cross from the USA, Yoshihiro Tajiri from Japan, Sadie Gibbs from England, Jørn Simmons from Holland, Lise from Puerto Rico, Scotty Davis from Ireland. Starbuck from Canada, Haim the Wild Man, Ukon from Finland, and Mako Satomura from Japan. Part of ticket proceeds will go to the Finnish Muscular Dystrophy Foundation, Lihastautilinko. Be a part of the biggest international pro wrestling super event in Northern Europe this summer. Tickets now available through Ticketmaster Finland. Get yours today! Skip is the oldest sports supplement brand out of Europe since the 1970s. Engineered by professors, doctors, and scientists at Sweden's leading medical university, Karolinska Institute, Skip products are pharmaceutical grade, meaning that they are the highest quality available on the market today. Meaning, they work. If you're after results, you wouldn't put low-octane gas in a turbocharged high-end sports car engine would you? Neither would you put junk-quality supplements into your body as an athlete. All Skip products are first tested amongst top athletes to ensure their efficiency. Choose the best. Skip nutrition. That's skip.fi. S-K-I-P dot F-I. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you on shooting the shiz at this week. We've got Ivelisse Velez, La Sicaria, all the way from Florida, one of the top female athletes in the professional wrestling industry today. Ivelisse, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How's the summer coming along in Florida?
2: Uh, pretty good. Uh, nice and hot. I mean, I'm from the Caribbean, so I don't mind the hot uh, weather, but it's definitely been raining a lot. So I don't like that.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. I'll tell you what, Finland is, it's its synonymous with rainy summers. So mm-hmm. hopefully it's going to be nice when you're here. I really hope so. Uh, and I hope for the event itself, for Resolade that you're coming over for on June 29th, that the sun is going to be sh- uh, shining because it's going to be a real bitch if it's going to be raining. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs>
1: how about how about you? Have you ever wrestled in the rain?
2: Wrestled in the rain. Uh actually in Puerto Rico, um there they do uh hold wrestling events in like ballpark uh area, the stadium type things. Um so actually yes, I it's it wasn't full on like uh, crazy rain, but it was like it was it was rain. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what, I was in italy in 2006 i won the italian heavyweight championship it's kind of like a world championship but nonetheless it's one of these you know there's so many world titles out there you lose you lose count but uh yeah I, and it was just it was the shittiest rainstorm I, I tell you what it was on the coast of italy and i mean it was getting in my eyes i, I mean the thing is i wear contacts so the thing is that without my contacts i can't see worth shit so I was wrestling the uh, promoter and the promoter, he was the heavyweight champion at the time. His name was Eld- Eldinomico and I couldn't gauge my punches. Right. So I'm popping away at the guy, I'm <laughs> sniffing him. you know, it's potato city. And, uh, <laughs> he gets pissed off because I mean, I don't have my footing, you know, first of all, the, <laughs> my, my, my contacts are fogging up. And second of all, you know, it's, I can't, I can't get my footing anyway. So then it becomes just the, just the stiffest shit, the whole match. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's we start probably probably see right. Yeah.
2: But uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it, it, it gets uh, crazy, too. When you start uh it's when it's slippery. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. You can you can twist an ankle. You can turn a foot. You can you can yes. roll your, your foot over. Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, anyway, hey, uh, so Ivalice, what year did you start in the wrestling business?
2: What year? Uh, 2004.
1: And who was your trainer?
2: Uh, about a year no, probably like eight months in of like training, uh, with a, like a really small wrestling company. Um, I actually got with like more of a professional, uh, trainer per se. Um, and his name is Kike Cruz, um, from Puerto Rico. Um, and then I trained with him for about a year and then, or maybe a little under a year, and then started, uh, wrestling for WWC, which is like the main company there on TV. Carlos Colon, right? Carlos Colon, yes.
0: D- did you have Salvio Vega at all training you as well?
2: Uh, like actually training me? No. Like the one who actually trained, trained me, um, was Kike Cruz. And then when I uh was working you know for the tv companies which was uh wwc and then eventually iwa which is which is pretty much sabio um i it was more like a mentoring me like for tv wrestling Mm. type stuff like the tv aspect like hard cam and all that stuff like mentoring me throughout all that
0: oh yeah well that's a lot of stuff that i think that many especially independent wrestlers don't have kind of any idea how to wrestle for TV? I think they're quite two yeah. different worlds. So that was a really—I mean—that's quite a—a a great trainer for that kind of stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, so who was Evelise, Who was the uh, the Booker when you broke into the business in WWC?
2: Oh man, I don't know if I can remember. Uh, I mean, throughout the I, uh, throughout most of the time that i that i can recall uh um carlos had a a, a big say in, in like the like the booking aspect um although he wasn't like heavily like active in it he did have a a, a say as well i don't i, I honestly i don't 100% recall <laughs> right.
1: okay i got you and and what was your big break in the us what year was that for what company
2: what was my break in the u s um for in chicago uh c s w um I, it was chicago style wrestling um mm-hmm. and then just kind of i kind of just worked throughout the area um that was that was in two thousand ten i think ish Yes, that it was Chicago-style wrestling.
1: Okay, and then uh, what year was it that you went to NXT, to so that Florida Championship Wrestling?
2: When I got signed? Yeah. Uh, that was 2011. 2011 was when I got signed with uh, WWE, which was shortly after the WWE Tough Enough uh, Season 5 with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin as the host.
1: So you were on that one too? Yes. Right, because we had Matt Cross on the show here a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and uh, he was on that too. And Yes. I, I vaguely <laughs> remember that, that entire thing. But, you know, the funniest thing, tell me something. Why do you think that big guy that won the whole thing at the end, why didn't he ever get, like, anything on TV? I mean, all they did was they did that one ceremony or whatever with him and Vince and Stone Cold at the end of that one Raw, and after that you never heard of the guy. What, what's up with that?
2: Um. Well... Honestly, I think a lot of different things come into play, but throughout my 15 years of pro wrestling, like, especially for, like, major companies, like, politics are an incredibly heavily, uh, heavy influence in a lot of things that don't make sense, like, when you're watching from the outside, like, um when when you're watching and it just doesn't make any sense at all politics are 99.9 percent of the time uh involved with that and from the very beginning on the show like they were they already had a contract before before Tough Enough like them to uh well not I, I said they as if I already mentioned, um, but him he already had a contract, and there was another girl who had already had a contract. They came from FCW into the into the show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so That's- they they already had contracts before they even entered that contest, which is which was supposed to be presented as a contest, but they already had uh, contracts before that. So they even if they won or you know won or lost, they they were still guaranteed their spot in FCW. So it almost I feel like something, too, that also played a big part is I think like the the uh, how can I say the like favorites in terms of people who had nothing to do with with, you know, that didn't already have a contract, like got injured. So they ended up having to just like go with the ones who already had a contract. I don't know. There's so many different possibilities and it could it, and the thing is it could change. Like they could have in mind like a particular way of doing it and then like halfway through like completely and utterly change it. Like it's it's really a mystery.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So uh have you been to Japan too, right?
2: No. You have. I always wanted to and I there were quite a few times that I was going to and actually two times that I was scheduled to and well, first it was Bucha Underground schedule getting in the way I think literally twice um from me going to Japan and then um then I broke my ankle and then that last time that I was going to go to Japan um I had problems with my visas and then it just didn't happen and then it just so far it hasn't happened yet <laughs> from that
0: well, do you think like you're going to be here then uh, next week? I guess uh, very, very shortly. And we have that Meiko Satomura, one of the I guess most legendary uh, wrestlers in yep. I guess male and female from Japan, and uh, she's going to be here in the main event, and you are going to be in that squared circle with her. How do you feel about that?
2: Hell yeah! I feel pretty, pretty pumped. <laughs> um, I hope that I can make a good impression with her so I can hopefully get that opportunity again to go to Japan. Um, It's something that I've always wanted to do. Like my style is, is something that has always been looked at as something that would thrive in Japanese style. And it's my favorite. (laughs) Uh, So we shall see.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I've been to Japan myself, like, I've been there 21 tours now in my career. And and it's like my favorite country in pro wrestling, like by far is Japan. And so the thing is, it's just amazing because when you're over in Japan, when those people like actually love you, it's the, the sky is the limit. They, I mean, they take you everywhere and it's just like, you know, you're treated like royalty there. It's like, there's, there's no other country that actually is on that level where these fans like take you to heart in that kind of way and, and just treat you so well. So, I mean, I hope you get a chance there because, I mean, this is it's, it's a big match that you have in, in, in uh, Finland on the 29th of June at this WrestleAid event because the thing is it's uh, going to be the last match on the card, I'll tell you that. It's uh, it's you against Meiko Satamura against the girl out of the UK, out of Britain called Sadie Gibbs. Now, have you heard of Sadie Gibbs before?
2: Uh, yep. Like, uh, I would say like the past, like two, I didn't before, but, um, like for like the past, like two months ish or three, I've been seeing a lot of stuff online and pop up and all that stuff. And obviously her getting signed recently with AEW and i seen some pretty cool stuff. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty psyched. I'm pretty psyched and ready for, for this.
1: I'll tell you what, she has like an athletic, a super hyper athletic background too. She she was a gymnast uh, at the age of sixteen, a competitive gymnast, and then now she's like twenty six, and she's been a I think a body fitness competitor, and uh, she's a CrossFit coach as we speak, and she's super strong too. So it's a really interesting match, by the way. It's like basically Central America. I mean, that's Puerto Rico, Central America, right? Like just geographically.
2: Uh, sort of. Yeah.
1: <laughs> is it like is it? I think it's Central America. It's not. It's not North America. It's Central America. From what yeah. I understand. Yeah. So it's like Central America versus Europe versus Asia. I mean, yeah. you can't get more of an intercontinental style match than this. I mean, that's it. This is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, so for the people that haven't seen you, because here in Finland, we get we get Netflix, but we don't get Lucha Underground unless you've got a VPN, a virtual private network that where you can like scramble your uh, IP address and then, you know, just make it come across as you're coming from, like, America or whatnot. Maybe then you can get, like, the Lucha Underground shows. But otherwise, we're shit out of luck, so to speak. (laughs) So for the people who've never heard or or seen you before, heard of you or seen you here, uh, explain your style. La Sicaria, Ivelisse Velez. What can these people expect from you when you show up at WrestleAid on June 29th?
2: um my style i would say pretty simply put is a very take no prisoners in your face strong style pretty much a combination of well-rounded because i mean i have mixed martial arts uh, of a background so um my striking is really strong my tech uh technical uh, wrestling is very strong like throughout my 15 years of wrestling like I've made it a point to, uh, develop myself in as many styles as possible. Um, so I would say that I've achieved to be one of the most, uh, one of the most well-rounded, uh, female pro wrestlers. So I, knowing that this, this match is, has so many different styles meshed in, I'm pretty much guaranteed that this match is gonna completely steal the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm expecting too, and, and uh, just out of curiosity, so you've been resting now 15 years, and uh, how many countries so far for you?
2: Oof, uh, I don't hold on because I have a, a paper. Not not as I will guarantee you not as many as uh, Matt Cross. <laughs> Uh-huh. Not as many as Matt Krause, but um, let me see. I have one, two, three, four, five, seven, five, eight.
0: Eight countries. Okay, that's respectable. That's for sure.
1: So, is Finland your ninth, or is it the eighth?
2: Uh, this will be my ninth, I believe.
1: Okay, great, great.
0: So least you, you you started uh, in Puerto Rico. I guess that's where you're born and raised and trained. And uh, what was I it like? I actually
2: was born in the States.
0: <laughs> okay, so there you go. But you're- I
2: was raised in Puerto Rico, so potato, potato.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what was it like then moving back to the States in pursuit of this uh, pro wrestling dream for you?
2: Well, I actually always wanted to come back to the U.S. Um, growing up in Puerto Rico. I... I've always been super ambitious and hardworking my whole life. So, like, uh, growing up in Puerto Rico, there's not really a lot of opportunities. And I just, like, couldn't wait for my opportunity to, like, go back. I mean, I love my island. It's beautiful and everything. But just, like, economy-wise, like, there's just no comparison. And, like, opportunity-wise of, like, growing in that aspect, in comparison, is just, you know, um so once I had the chance and finally was able to go the, to the US, like I was like ready to like go work as hard as I possibly could to elevate myself in in my career as much as I possibly could. Um, I never really had much support throughout my life <laughs> with um, my family, so I pretty much had to do it. Mostly on my own, um, you know, working two jobs and then training and all stuff like that, all the way. I always give it my all, and so far, where it's taken me, I'm very proud of what I've achieved because I've like it's been a it's been a long and rough ride, but this is this is what this is what I love. So,
1: so tell me, uh, out of all the girls that you've wrestled around the world. Who are the top five? Oh,
2: uh, around the
1: world. Just say your top five, top five opponents, your top five favorites.
2: Top five favorites. Um, I would say like that I've, that I mesh with really well. I, I would say number one, Mercedes, me and Mercedes I have great chemistry. I feel like because we're both Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of easy to kind of read each other. I think. So Mercedes I, I, Martinez? Is that the
1: yeah, one? Yeah,
2: Mercedes Martinez, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: okay. Yeah, so I'll say first one, Mercedes Martinez. Um, me and Santana have always meshed very well. Santana Garrett. Uh-huh. Uh, ha- have always meshed very well. Um, Madison Eagles. Mm. I think she's freaking amazing. Um, I think I worked with her... No, I worked with her once in the show so it was Shine, it was my title defense um, that was that we meshed very very well as well um, I think she's awesome um, Madison Eagles. Uh, okay so far I got three right mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay three uh, them, whew, 15 years uh, I'm going through that uh, let's see Lefisto is awesome one more. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and.
1: Somebody uh, you really gelled with. Somebody that, you know, It's you, when you know the chemistry's on, you know that it, there's like magic in the air. Uh, man. I guess we're going to have to leave that one for WrestleAid. We're going to have to leave <laughs> yes. that one for the 29th of June.
2: Yes. Maybe I can think about it later. <laughs> <laughs> There you- who,
0: who, who's your top three, uh, like I guess most wanted opponents that you have never faced?
2: Uh, Oscar is one. Oh yeah. I feel like we would mesh very well. Eo uh, and Kyrie. Out the then three I say are like the first three that I would mention. Oh wait, you said three. Okay, well those are the. T-
0: there you go. That well, give us support then. Yeah,
2: I would like to wrestle Sina as well.
0: What do you think about uh, the uh, intergender, I guess, popularity at the moment? That well, I guess in Lucha Underground and even in a lot of uh, like Lucha Libre, there seems to be um, a lot of intergender matches, even singles matches and things. And is that something that you, you're a big fan of, or or would you prefer like um, this women's revolution to be kind of only women?
2: I I love I love uh, wrestling guys. I love intergender uh, matches. I I pref- I prefer more like intergender where it's like smaller guys <laughs> wrestling the girls because like when it's like a big guy wrestling a smaller girl like it's just like come on, like there's only so much you could do with that, and it's basically more because like I I go more towards realistic the realistic aspect like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, art form. <laughs> like everyone has yeah. their preferred art form, cool. None nothing's less than anything. That's the whole point. It's entertainment. But to me, my preferred is realism and it's when it's like a huge guy wrestling like a smaller girl. It's just like okay like we can do cool stuff, but it has to me it has to be very carefully put together for it to like you know, like come so it alive. Makes it makes sense. Sense. Um um but uh yeah like i feel like it's pretty cool i don't think it's it's something that should be like all the time cuz it's i mean, think women's wrestling <laughs> men's wrestling is i just feel like it's not it shouldn't be something where it's like completely and utterly the norm like i do think it should be like special Sparingly used. Yeah, sparingly used and very wisely used.
1: Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I remember when I was wrestling in Japan in 2012, we did a, a series of these six-person tags. I mean, I had this team back then with Akira Nagami and this girl called siri Kondo. And siri is now she fights for the UFC out of Japan right now. I think she's got one more match on her on her a UFC contract, uh, and then she's I'm not sure if she's if she's going to renew her or, or not. But I think she wants to come back to pro wrestling. Um, But we used to have these hellacious six-man or six-person tags. You were mentioning Asuka a second ago, and she was when she was in Japan, her name was Kana. And uh, so she would be on the other team, and Tajiri would be on the the other team, and then uh, just any assortment of like a third male uh, tag partner for them. But we had a shitload of these matches, and I swear when Asuka was in the ring with me and she was kicking away at me, you know her her mentor her her coach is Yoshi Yoshiaki Fujiwara, right? The old man Fujiwara from mm-hmm. New Japan. And this guy, I mean, a legitimate shooter. And you could tell that she was brought up under that shoot style because when she was kicking me, man, it was like I owed her money. That's what it felt. <laughs> I mean, but then again, you know, she she took it as well as she gave out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pussyfoot around. This, you know, my my good friend Chris Jericho. He has a saying, or back in the day he had the saying, that everybody's a mark for something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you were saying, like, for realism. Uh, and the, the same applies to myself, that yeah. the worst thing that anybody can sc- say to me is, is that, you know, you're just a phony wrestler. I said, bull fucking shit. I'm, <laughs> because the thing is that I, it's like Ole Anderson said back in the day, that you can come to the show, you can watch every other match on that show, but you watch my match. If you see any bullshit in my match, I'll give you your fucking money back, and that's the pride that I've always had in my piece mm-hmm. of work, right? So the thing is, I've always yeah. been a mark for realism, like Chris yeah. Jericho said. Everyone's a mark for something, yeah. So, yep. well, you know, I'll tell you what—if you got Mako Satomura up against you, I—I I, I think that's about as real as it gets in pro wrestling. So, you got to strap strap it in. You got you got to lay it in there.
2: Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs>
1: That's good. I'm happy to hear that.
2: But uh, I think
0: by I think by now you probably know how to take a, a punch or a kick or two anyway. So I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm, su- I'm sure you know what you're doing. Tell us about see uh, how
2: we do in the island.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, too bad I, I don't know if I'm going to be refereeing that match, but uh, that would be. I think Demo are is like the most experienced referee in Finland. It Will be there uh, for you and. Um, that is it's just uh it's just going to be awesome but um tell tell us more about your i guess when you were going through WWE and you had some injuries there and and did that kind of live up to your expectations or uh, and that kind of compared then to your your time in Lucha Underground the most recently
2: uh you mean like the injury that i had in Tijuana?
0: Well, you were you while you were in Florida Championship Wrestling. I guess that's when they kind of transitioned into NXT, was it? So you, you yeah, were right of-
2: in right at that time when they were transitioning is when I was let go. Right shortly well, after. How,
0: how was uh, like what was that experience like? And I mean, there's a lot of people who who loved it. Some have had, I guess, differences of opinions with certain trainers there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that people say that they either loved it or they hated it. How was it for you while you were there? In that, I guess we'll call it NXT, you know, because I guess that's what people know know it about nowadays.
2: Well, I was pretty excited. Um, All those changes. I mean, when we first went to full sale and saw like everything, like product, like everything was like bigger, better, badder. You know, so I was pretty excited, and you know, I had solidified myself within like the top like girls you know coming in from uh tampa to orlando to the full sale to like to to the new brand of nxt like the whole thing like at that time and that's why it was such a shock for me as much as much as it was for everyone else in the locker room when i was let go which again politics um won't get much too much into detail about that but uh, unfortunate political things happen, and, um, I was let go after three, three TV, uh, tapings. I actually, it was actually me and Paige who kicked off the first, uh, woman's bout, uh, in, the, like, this new brand of NXT, uh, to full sale. Um, she and I, uh, kicked it off, like, sort of like an anti-diva, anti-diva, like, blow-off, Because throughout like our time in FCW, we were doing the whole anti-diva stuff, and then like eventually we ended up turning on each other, and then that was like the the blow off or whatever. Um, so I was really looking forward to doing my own, you know, way of anti-diva because she was more like the anti anti anti-diva in the sense of like rock, like rock, you know, rock type rock girl type thing. Yeah, and I was like the anti-diva more like street wise, like urban wise uh mm-hmm. anti-diva wise like girl so once we finally had that blow off and like we kicked off the nxt so i was really looking forward to you know doing my own version of what i meant what i well what to me was being an anti-diva and it just i after the first after oh actually after that was nat natty the, the second match i had on tv was natty and, like, it looked like it was, like, very promising. Like, I won against Paige, and then I uh, I also got a win versus Natalia, and I think we were supposed to do a program after that and everything. Um, and then it was – then my last one was Tamina, and that was pretty cool, too. And um And then that was it. Shortly after that was when I was let go, and it's just really unfortunate everything that happened, how it happened, everything. So, but I, I was very clear in my mind that I wasn't going to allow that to deter me from anything because, um, I mean, not that I've ever in my life allowed anything bad from happening to me or any obstacles or challenges to stop me, but, you know, pro wrestling is my life, is what I've given literally half my life to and sacrificed literally everything for. Um, so I, in my mind... Especially, you know, feeling like I was screwed over, and like everything that I had worked so hard for was like ripped away from me. In my mind, it's like, well, I'm gonna show them and everyone else, you know, the, you know, that I that that should not have had happened.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you're um, gonna regret it.
2: Uh, not that I thought that they would regret it, because I mean, you know, to them, everyone's replaceable, or you know, stuff like that. It doesn't matter how good they are or not and especially me as a female at that time like like to them it was just like oh another girl I suppose but still in my mind I was ready to prove you know first and foremost to myself I suppose <laughs> then to whoever was involved that you know and it ended up happening where I got uh, released and you know just the whole world in general period just that that should not have happened and that that was, you know, it was taken away from me for, and um, and I did, I did, I worked really hard in the indies to continue that whole anti-diva mantra, and uh, after like some time, I was able to like muster up the courage to be able to like fully be myself, like to fully embrace. Like who I was, like who I am, <laughs> like my urban style uh, as a female within the industry, and that's how La Sicaria came up, uh, you know, came to life. Uh, and thanks to Shine Wrestling, I was able to do that. They were the ones who, after like a little while in the indies, um, they pretty much gave me that opportunity to completely be myself, completely do my thing, and show. The, them and show everyone else, like, who I really am, um, and that's when I was, you know, when I debuted, like, top, uh, top 10, and PWI, and, and matches of the year, and, like, all that, and all that came, and it, it felt amazing, and then after all that, uh, came Lucha Underground, um, and I signed with them, I was really hesitant at first, because it was, like, an, a new thing, and I was so afraid that I was, like, not making a good decision (laughs) but I ended up you know going out on a limb and and going with Lucha Underground and they just eventually it was like a really slow thing and then when I when I finally started to get my like my time like where I was doing singles matches like singles matches against guys and although it was hard at first because they wanted me to do these sexual things which I was like speaking up about like uh like the match with Angelico and everything like I didn't want to do any of that but they ended up whatever I guess because I I was a girl or whatever so um it literally took a journalist online to speak up about that and say like how terrible that was I guess because she like I had already established myself and who I was. And then to see that in Lucha Underground, like, she, like, wrote online, like, what the hell? Like, what would they want? Why would they do that? And then they finally listened to me. It was like, okay, well. <laughs> but either way, I was finally, like, doing, like, a single thing. And then that's when I broke my ankle. So that all that momentum just, like, slowly deteriorated um, with my injuries. Um, but I worked really, really, really hard <laughs> to not let it. Like to, to not let it deteriorate my momentum, like the least for, for it to do it, the least amount as possible. Um, I broke my ankle again, the exact same one. So I had to like ground zero again, do that all over again. And then I literally got my release a couple months ago, actually, April mm-hmm. and April, no, March, mm-hmm. finally got my release because it's it just goes dark. For way too long, like I loved working. I'm, mean, you know, Lucha Underground was great. I loved working on Lucha Underground, but it went dark for way too long. Like they wanted to act like they were a wrestling company when they were really just a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like, I, I got my release, and then shortly after, had the the WWE tryout, and um, and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> well,
1: just out of curiosity, um, because there's a lot of girls now that are looking to get in the wrestling business since women's wrestling seems to be like a hot potato at the, at the current moment. Yeah. Uh, what would you give as advice to like, any girl looking to break into the pro wrestling business and looking to actually have any semblance of a legitimate wrestling career? What would be your words of wisdom to such a, a female? Wanting to enter wrestling today,
2: uh, I would say that I don't know because I'm trying to think from from what like from what standpoint. I mean, regardless, no matter what, like rest women's wrestling can be hot or not hot. Like at the, it's not gonna be a walk in the park. Like pro wrestling is not walking the park in a physical sense. It's not walking the park in a mental sense. <laughs> Um, there's been a lot of changes, like good changes towards women's wrestling like throughout like the last couple years. But it's still a male dominated world. So one has to be mentally tough to know how to navigate that. I mean, there's a hell of a lot more competition out there. So you got to bring your A game.
1: <laughs> so let's say out of all the attributes that a wrestler needs to have, now we're talking about charisma, the actual skills, the wrestling and the working skills, and then the look, the actual physical attributes. What would you say, like for the girls coming into the business today, what are the most important, the 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 absolute must have aspects that uh, for them to have an honest chance in the business today?
2: I feel like they have to make, a uh, a very honest effort to make a very good balance of charisma and skill
1: so charisma and skill as a, as a as a whole what about yes. the what about the actual physical look do you think that, that that the sales appeal or the so-called sex appeal uh because we are talking about this is this is an aesthetic business it's a, it's an upper body business uh for the guys and i think like for the girls it's it's a body business you know that we are yeah. projecting bodies in, in our in our sports so how would you weigh in how important is the physical aspect nowadays with all this political correctness and everything that's been pushed on culture? I'm,
2: yeah. Cause like you said, I mean, it's the entertainment business. So of course it will always have uh, a good amount of, of way factor, but at least I feel like l- uh, in like the last couple years, I feel like the physical aspect has kind of relaxed a little bit <laughs> in terms of importance. I mean, it's still, rather important because i mean regardless i mean regardless if it is popular or not popular i feel like i i want to feel proud of the way i look and the way i present my product Mm -hmm. because you are your product um Mm -hmm. but but in terms of like most important i feel like those two will always be the most important
1: Mm -hmm. no matter what already but hey So we're really looking forward to having you here in Finland on June 29th for WrestleAid. It's the biggest professional wrestling super show in the Nordics of Europe. And possibly if I can be completely honest, it it might be the biggest international scale wrestling event in all of Europe this summer that I'm aware of. So, uh, Hell we're yeah, for, we're, we're definitely looking forward to having you here. I think your match is going to be stellar. I think on paper already it sells itself. I think yes. that uh, yourself against Mako Satomura against Sadie Gibbs. So it's uh, Central America versus Asia versus the 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 European sector here in your or Europe in general, but the UK. So that's basically the match. It's going to be the last match on the show. Number seven, match number seven. And uh, you were saying that this is going to be your ninth country. Well, I tell you what, we have wrestlers on the show from nine different countries. So oh, it's wow. kind of a magic number for you. Number yeah. nine, number nine. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Okay, believe, thank you so much for hanging in there with us this week on Shooting the Shizat, At. And we'll be seeing you shortly here in Finland.
2: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, God bless you. Red Skull Hot Sauce. Fiery sauce focused on flavor. Made by a Canadian in Helsinki. Awesome sauce in a sweet-ass Skull bottle. That's Red Skull Hot Sauce. R-E-D-D Skull Hot Sauce. On Facebook and Instagram. Estrada Creative Helsinki. Your brand and story with the strength of modern marketing. Social media gets your brand and message in your audience's hands, and your story with the boost of marketing and videography is your strongest means of persuasion. That's where Estrada Creative Helsinki gets involved. Check them out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Estrada Creative Helsinki.
1: Marco Simonen offers photography and video production for business and marketing. In addition, Editorial and portrait work welcome. For more, see marcosimonen.com. That's M-A-R-K-O-S-I-M-O-N-E-N.com.
2: All right, ladies and
1: gentlemen, that was Ivelisse Velez from Puerto Rico, star of Lucha Underground, formerly on NXT television. She was Sofia Cortez on NXT. And uh, anyway, uh, she's going to be in action, as we just told you, uh, at WrestleAid in the main event, the co-main event of the WrestleAid card, with featuring Ivelisse against or Ivelis, sorry, against uh, Sadie Gibbs out of the UK against Mako Satomura from Japan. So this is going to be a truly international scale main event for the ages here in Finland this summer. I can't think of a bigger women's match, at least. Dylan, do you know of any women's match anywhere else this year in Europe that uh, rivals this one on paper?
0: And to be honest with you, I mean, even in in the entire world, like if I'm going to say that, of course, I don't know. I don't have my finger on the pulse of the entire world. But from what I know, even the like, to be perfectly honest with you, even the double or nothing women's match uh you know the this in my opinion is bigger and yeah we have a AEW future star with Sadie Gibbs here we mm-hmm. have like a japanese legend um that is still you know as hard hitting i'm sure as she as she has been known to be you know and then this current just um, amazing lucha underground star that has like tapped into the american and uh i guess mexican wrestling um phenomenon that's that's huge right now so i mean it's just like to me it's it's it is this is the biggest women's match that i could i could imagine at the moment i mean of course if we had like if we had shauna was able to to be up here as well that she couldn't come is unfortunate but realistically i mean how how big how much bigger can you get here you know yeah you can't
1: you can't this this honestly it's it's middle america so it's central america against europe against asia that's what it is it's yeah. huge it's it's enormous it's intercontinental it's global it's worldwide so yep. this is as big as big gets on paper okay ladies and gentlemen so on top of that we're talking about the co- the other co-main cool event so that's going to feature yoshihiro tajiri the japanese buzzsaw against myself the rebel starbuck as the other co-main event of Aid. Now, this feud goes back nine and a half years when it started, almost 10 years running, and uh, it all comes full circle back to Finland. It started here in 2010, February. Now, at the end of June, nine and a half years later almost, Starbuck and Tajiri once again. It's going to be big time, ladies and gentlemen. And then on top of that, we got some other big matches on the show we
0: have yeah, got but, we have yeah, got by, by the way sorry to interrupt yeah. you there but i just wanted to say i mean i mean we talked about it with fumi as well the just the the history behind you two guys here and mm-hmm. uh, the this is legendary status again this is this is a, another one of probably the biggest like singles uh, men's match in the entire all of europe i would say like you have this rivalry that has lasted such a long time and, and you guys are going at it. Is it, it's not for the first time in Finland, but is it like second time anyway? Second time in Finland. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. we wrestled all across Japan. Yeah. Or, so yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 it's uh, this is huge. I think people don't, don't, uh, maybe I know a lot of people do get the, uh, the weight of this one, but you know, this is amazing that you get, uh, Tajiri back uh I guess uh, in your stomping ground here. So mm-hmm. it's uh it's cool. I mean I'm really actually super excited about it. Says um, uh, you know, I can't say I can't say anything, you know, more about it than it it's just gonna be it has it's just potential like total match of the year and this is feud of uh one of the feuds of of a lifetime. So I mean it's really amazing that it gets to you know have another match in finland so
1: absolutely and do you know yeah. dylan that you're penned in as the referee for that one i
0: i did know that and uh, i'm happy it's a pen instead of a pencil so you know <laughs> that that's probably what's what's making me shiver in my boots a little bit uh, in, in terms of excitement you know mm-hmm. of course uh to be that third guy in the ring with with the you three legends you know that are still at the you know at the top of your game now us uh, two. I, not, not us three us two. Oh yeah well there you go <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's it's like um i'm just trying to stay away from those kicks from Tajiri that's basically what it is so. yeah watch but, out uh, yeah, but what else, what else we got? Run down this card for us. So then it's, it's, it's
1: going to be awesome. Tony Tamminen from Rauma. So the, the city that we're holding the event in is called Rauma. And uh, the local boy from that mm. area is Tony Tamminen. He'll be facing Finnish wrestling veteran Stark Adder, 15-year veteran. It's going to be the biggest test of Tony Taminen's career so far. He's been wrestling under four years. I think it's just on top of three years that he's been in the game, uh, or is just around that, uh, three or four years. Anyway, but now he's going to be up against Starkadder. It's going to be a big test for him in his hometown. Let's see how he does. Then, it's, then it's Yummy Alto, the Luchador of Lapland, against Matt Cross. And Matt Cross, one of the most traveled international superstars today, independently, this guy's been all around the world. I mean, literally has been all around the world on a consistent basis. And now he's coming for the first time to Finland. And he's going to be wrestling Yummy Alto. I hope that Yummy's got his working boots on. I hope he's done his cardio. I hope he's been running yeah. stairs because he's going to need it done his burpees because Matt Cross is a machine.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> you got to do your cardio, especially Absolutely. if you're going up against Matt Cross.
1: Absolutely. Then we got Scotty Davis, the only 18 year old full time professional wrestler in Europe that I'm aware of. Uh, he's been a pro since the age of 13 now for six years. As an amateur, when he was a kid, he has won uh, Irish and English titles like freestyle wrestling championships all around the place. Um, Now, the only 18-year-old full-time wrestler in Europe, Scotty Davis, up against Finnish power or monster, I would say. He's like one of these Terry Gordy, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens types. Uh, Victor Dukki, it should be a really interesting match to Scotty Davis. He's a smaller guy. Victor Tukki is a bigger guy. But these two, I think that stylistically, they're both really young. Uh, Tukki, I think, is just somewhere around 21, 22 years old, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be a couple of young lions, really hungry. And I think they're going to tear it up.
0: Yeah, I have no doubt. I mean, both of them have a lot to prove. I mean, uh, Tukki has been like clobbering people here in Finland, I guess in Sweden, uh most recently. And, um you know, he, I think he is just uh, relishing at the idea that he gets to just beat down one of Will Osprey's, you know, young lions. So, That's you know, it. he's, I think he's, this is something that he's got to prove big time and he does not want to lose in front of his hometown or home country audience. And and then mm-hmm. you got Scotty Davis coming in here who's got loads to prove because he needs to, uh, like I guess prove himself and show himself all over the world, you know because he's mm-hmm. if he's handpicked by will Ospreay to be you know a uh, potential superstar yeah uh, you know he's got to make the rounds and um he's got loads to prove as well, especially at eighteen years of age so i'm I'm excited totally absolutely we got
1: the Battle of the big men we've got Juren Simmons, the beast from Amsterdam against the wild man Heimo Ukonselka. So two big, bald men, two ornery, big, burly Viking, like (laughs) bald men up against one another. I think it's going to be a fist fight. I think it's going to be a brawl at WrestleMania. What do you think?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I just, I think it's just going to be one of those things that you just got to stand back, just got to stand really far back and let them do what they do best. And, uh, that's going to be something when the dust dust settles. You know, is the ring still going to be there? So, well,
1: yeah, I think Jurgen Simmons, he's a two time WXW, uh, was it Undisputed World Champion? I think that was the title. And he's uh, wow. been a, I think, three or four time German heavyweight champion, too. So, interesting right. stuff. Anyway, then we've got a tag team match Carlos Zamora from Spain and Mick Vinala. Big Mick Vinala from Estonia up against Polar Beko and Patrick Miyato here from Finland. So Uh. it's going to be, this is a a young Lions match. Also, Carlos Zamora, he's got an MMA background, a kickboxing background. Mick Vinala, on the other hand, he's got a, uh, he serves in the special forces in the army in crisis areas like Afghanistan. And then we've got Patrick Miyato, who's been training in Los Angeles, at the New Japan Dojo a couple of times. And Paul Rapekko, which is, he's got to be one of the fastest rising stars in Finland in years with his shooting star press, a really athletic and gifted young man. Uh, going to be an interesting tag team match for sure. And, um, I'm expecting these guys to really like turn up the heat and, uh, the tempo, I think.
0: Yeah. I think, again, it's like, uh, these guys got just everything to prove, you know? Yeah. So, uh, they just want to show what they can do and how well they can do it and it's one of those you know you don't want to choke in these moments so these guys are going to be prepared you know to to show they they're, they're going to try to steal the show and i think rightly so they should try
2: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, that that's what i you know that's why i always love uh, i would rather watch you know the uh, under 18 or the uh, hockey or whatever you know, because those—that's when you see those guys who have, who are desperate. They have something to prove. They want to win badly because they're not getting paid. You know, mm-hmm. they're not these NHL stars that have basically made it already. So it's uh, these guys are are like those. It's same with that young lion idea. They, they they've got a lot to prove, and they are gonna they're gonna beat some skulls in just to get to get over there. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited about it.
1: Well, there you have it. Seven matches, big matches on the card for WrestleAid, the biggest international pro wrestling super show in the Nordics of Europe and possibly in all of Europe this summer. Get your tickets now through Ticketmaster Finland. That's Ticketmaster.fi. Punch into the search field WrestleAid. You'll find the show there and get your tickets now. You're literally on the eve of the show right now. Get them while you still can. And come and support a great cause because we are giving part of the proceeds away to the Finnish Muscular Dystrophy Association, Lihas Tautilito, here in Finland. Also, go on to our uh, Slam Wrestling Finland website and uh, go to wrestleaid.fi and also on Facebook to facebook.com slash slamwrest, that's S-L-A-M-W-R-E-S. And check out the new documentary video. It's about 18 minutes long. Uh, that we made about Riku Forström. And Riku is one of the co-promoters of this big event, WrestleAid. He has muscular, it's Duchenne muscular dystrophy, and he's had it now for almost all of his life. Uh, He turned 40 this past May. The doctors never gave him a chance to live past the age of 26. So check out this documentary. It's going to really touch you. It's going to speak volumes to you. About the the magnitude and the significance of this event WrestleAid, on June 29th here in Finland, in Brauma, the city of Raahe on the west coast. So get your tickets now through Ticketmaster.fi and check out that documentary while you while well, before you uh, get around to actually attending the show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so oh, much. Hold, for hold
0: ha- on, hold on before you oh, because we sure. got we got a, a an announcement about our own podcast here. That's uh, Jumping Jim. What yeah. is it? What well, is it? Hey, we, we've been doing really well with listeners out there, and we really appreciate everybody listening. I mean, uh, it's uh, being a, a, a pro wrestling podcast out of Finland with two Canadian jabronis or whatever we are, hosers. Uh, it's, uh,
1: <laughs> not, not jabronis. We're, not, we're, we're hosers.
0: Yeah, we're total hosers. That's right. <laughs> Tried to use a wrestling term, but it just didn't fit. No. Uh, Hosers till the end of time, but anyway, uh, yeah, we really appreciate these listens. I mean, uh, these downloads of our podcast, I mean, it's been it just keeps growing, and our community keeps growing, it's really nice. And, um, but I guess I have been lazy, but I got around to it finally, and have we have a Facebook page now? So if you're using Facebook, uh, as a drug or as just a leisurely thing, then um, go on over to shooting. Uh that's with the apostrophe n. I guess not in the uh, the the actual URL, but anyway, shootin the Shizat podcast, and you can find us uh, on Facebook now. and uh, that you can get, I guess more updated um, information on what's going on, what we're gonna talk about, what we want to talk about with you people out there and you can uh, tell us some things you can tell us to go shiz at in our pants or whatever you want and um, definitely follow us there and, and get into the conversation we just uh, i just posted up there today uh the direct link to spotify for our rip rogers interview that was a rip roar in good time mm-hmm. and um, definitely had some controversial things to say and we'd love to engage in the conversation. With uh, with y'all people out there, so again, find us on Facebook. We also have Instagram. It's as well shooting the Shizat podcast. You can find us there and uh, give us a like. We really appreciate it. it helps us out immensely. And uh, you never know, one day uh, one day we could be rocking on some big podcast network, and it will all be because of you, lovely, beautiful people. So that's yeah, that's the big thing. <laughs> I yeah, mean, and, and also
1: like us and follow us on Instagram.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Keep uh, keep those numbers going up, and uh, I don't know about Twitter. That's like a that's a black hole unto itself. No idea how that thing works. But anyway, if you guys want us to be on Twitter, then uh, let us know. But uh, definitely join us on Facebook. Join us on Instagram. Listen to us on Spotify, on iTunes, or wherever. You listen to your podcasts out there. I'm sure you'll find us. And yeah, there you go. And now you can tell them to to go and have a wonderful weekend if you like.
1: But before I do that, I've got some bad news for everybody. Oh, uh, dear. For those of you who don't know, Nikki Bella of WWE fame, of the Bella Twins fame, has been diagnosed with a cyst on her brain. So she is done wrestling. She's finished now for good. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I- and I hope it's not severe. I hope it's not something serious. But anyways, they did diagnose her. And uh, since we are talking about women's wrestling this week, once again here and with Ibelise, the call that we had with her in the interview here today, it's only apropos that we also mention in closing that, uh, remember in your prayers, one Nikki Bella and uh, hope for the best. Anyway, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Thank you once again this week for hanging in there with us here on Shooting the Shizat. Next week, we'll catch up with you as we will be probably recording either straight from WrestleAid or then right on the eve of WrestleAid. So we will catch you once again next week.